Mr. Sens is an artist known for his large-scale freestyle murals and paintings. Often depicted high on the side of a building, the subjects peer out against a background of abstract swirls and colours. Taking influence from his background in graffiti, the work is spontaneous and instinctive. The end result, a kind of futuristic ideal that peers out into the world around. This is Art Related Noise. We started experimenting with painting. There's so many avenues of art. We're surrounded by images. Just being lost in this sea of possibility. Announcing that I was going to be an artist. It brings the work I do alive even more. They could be part of this work as well. Everyone's got their own personal connection to something. Hello and welcome to Art Related Noise, the podcast of the Enter Gallery in Brighton. My name's Stuart from Inspiring City and I'm with Mr Sens. Hello. Do I call you Mr Sens? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. Where did it come from, that name? Back in the graffiti days, I used to write Sens. Not C-E-N-Z. So, and that was just purely because I like the letters, you know. A lot, a lot of tags, people think that there's big meanings behind them, but actually there's not. So, sorry to disappoint, but <laughs> it was just something that I had lots of tags and I used to write Sens before, actually Sens, but I used to do it with a C instead of an S, instead of S-E-N-S-E. I used to do it with C's, so I just changed it to Sens. He really enjoyed writing the letters. Yeah, that's it, just you stick with it. You know, it comes a point in time you have to stick with your tag. You is know? that all it is then? It's just like playing around with Yeah, letters. some people might have meanings, but generally it's just words that, you know, people like the way the letters flow and, and the letters look, basically, when they're doing their hand style. And did it so. take a while to like come up with that combination of letters then, or do, do you? Do you uh, yeah, that yeah, time? yeah. We were, I was always playing around. You know, when, when we were young, that's what we did in school all day long, just scribbling in the back of our books, <laughs> doing hand styles, trying out different tags. So, and then so then the Mister kind of added on when I kind of went legit and started doing more kind of murals and more studio based stuff. I thought I'd put the Mister on there, sound a bit more sophisticated. <laughs> To, to appear posh to yeah, exactly, yeah. from the graffiti <laughs> no, no, there was also someone else. There was a German writer who was uh, doing pieces under the name Sens as well. So I thought, I don't, I want to be completely original. That was the main thing, actually. I didn't want to have the same name as someone else. So I just thought I'd put the Mr. on. So is that, um, you know, when you're starting back in school and you're sort of, you're playing around with those tags and you're, you know, you're writing about, is, is, did you have it in your mind that you wanted to go into graffiti at that time or did you not even know what graffiti was? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, this was, um, you know, I, I first discovered graffiti when I was like eight years old, you know, so, so I was pretty established in, in what graffiti was by that time. And I was always into art, so once I discovered graffiti art at a very, say, very young age, that's what I wanted to do. That was it for me. I'm one of those people that I've always known that I wanted to be an artist, and then when graffiti came along, that was my path. I, d I didn't give a shit about any other subject. All I cared about was getting enough GCSEs to get to art college to continue my path to be a professional artist. I knew that from a, I was I was blessed to have to have that. And what drive. was the trigger? What, what, what was it that, that you, you must have seen something or felt something at the time to give you that impetus? Well, as I say, I was always into art anyway, you know, and I was taken to a lot of galleries by my, my parents. But traditional art, there was no real movement that really kind of compelled me until I saw the, which we call the Graffiti Art Bible, Subway Art, which was like 1983, I think. So, it was early, wasn't it? Yeah, early. So when I, when I saw those subway trains and those colours and the movement, that was it. That blew my mind. I thought, that, that's what I want to do. 
you know, I, I want to learn the art of the spray can, I want to do that, and that, that was it, that was it, really. You know? And how did you first come across that book? What Do you remember, do you remember when you first came across it? Well, I, my, I had an older cousin who was into breaking and stuff like that, so I was aware there was there was stuff going on. Obviously, in my local area, I was aware of of tags and stuff happening and local crews, you know. So I was already already kind of playing around with graffiti before that. So so I was aware of it, but I was never aware of the extent of what was being done, you know, across the pond. It really really blew my mind, and obviously, it came at the same time. As the music, is it you know, hip hop, hip hop, because it was all one, all one culture. You know, you couldn't separate. You know, there was breaking, you know, MCing, DJing. You know, there was it was a whole package. So they, they were they were one thing combined with the music and the rest of the culture. It was just blew us all away. You know, everybody was into it in primary school when it first came over. You know, because so I, I was into art, I was like, oh, right, that's my what I'm going to do. And then there was people who were more physical, they were doing the break-in. And so it's one of those things, one of those cultures where everybody could be involved. Sounds like a bit of a moment in time, particularly here in South London, which is where I think you were, you were born, you were, well, you were, you were certainly raised in South London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a moment in time that was quite special. There's a lot going on, a lot of energy going on. Oh, creativity yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely, you know. And hip hop was on the on the back of obviously all, all the all the punk stuff and and the mod stuff. So that musically and culturally, it was it was amazing time. You know? It really was. You know, think about it now. It's like wow, it was, we were so so lucky to be a seventies and eighties child for sure. Then you know, well, it's um, the beginning of like a, a, a generation shift, isn't it? Really, when it comes to popular culture, that yeah. that, that period of time seems to be really important in terms yeah. of developing. For sure. And then obviously, and then uh, then obviously after the whole hip hop explosion, then there was the whole acid house thing as well. You know, so I lived through two major major cultural explosions, which were equally as uh, influential on me. You know, so I, I feel very very blessed. <laughs> I, do, I look at young people now, I think bloody hell. You know, I'm sure there are lots of underground. I know, you know, young people are out there doing things. So I don't want to be. I'm not going to be down on young people because I know they are doing things. <laughs> it, it's very easy to say, oh, they're just sitting around playing computer games and not doing stuff. But there are people out there making new forms of music and, and doing stuff. So You know, I think graffiti, graffiti was often seen as the visual representation of that culture, that whole whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah. that's when you look at something like Subway Art by Martha Cooper, Henry Trollfont, it sort of gave a voice to that a, a little bit. And I, yeah, I, yeah. I heard that, um, you know, that book wasn't very, I think it was a flop when it came out. And it was only passed around word of mouth, so people would photocopy it. It'd get sent around yeah. the world, and yeah. and that's how people would actually access that. And people were looking at torn photocopies of yeah. this work and thinking, yeah, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah. You know, for for me as an artist, you know, I, I literally probably copied every single piece in that book. That and that's where most of us Europeans, uh, as we were then, um, had had basically learned how to do letters. You know, by copying and emulating, and then developing our own styles after that. And that's what we all did, you know. So I've actually got, I remember doing, it was like a, a roll of, of paper, lined paper, like a train. And I copied every single, I've still, I think, hopefully it's probably still somewhere. <laughs> My mum's still got it. It's rolled up. It's probably about that fat. And it's all the train panels from that book. And I did them in felt tip, copied it, felt tip pens. And did you uh, know who you were? Who you were being inspired by that? Did you recognise the artist? Did you know who they were or were you just like... No, no, because I was still very, very young. So the, the thought of 
even going to New York or meeting these people was completely alien. You know, we, we were very insular in, in where we lived. Even even in London, you just stayed in South London. So it was... Um, no, was, so I, was, I wasn't aware of who they were at all, no. It's no, it's only now, in my career now, I'm actually getting to meet some of these legends, which now it's like, oh my God, it's like crazy. I'm still completely starstruck. So... <laughs> what happens when you meet them? Are you... Are you... <laughs> Are you like, well, yeah, it's kind of like, oh my god! But and then they end up being really cool and down to earth. And I'm like, <laughs> did they know who you are? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into actual incidents, but yeah, it happened this year. I was doing a mural in the Bronx, and I was painting alongside some of my heroes, you know. And um, they were like, yeah, I know your work, man. And I was, for me, I was like, I'd just give up now and be done. If I wanted to get this, would be the point where I could actually just give up now and I'd be content. I know that sounds a bit much but that's how I felt you know? well, that, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive I mean you know to grow up looking at someone's work to be inspired by them to copy their, their you know their tags and stuff and then actually meet them and not only meet them but having them recognize what you do yeah yeah exactly that, that's the ultimate that's the ultimate it really is I suppose that's the thing with social media isn't it and, and how your art can now just just move around exactly the world so easily. exactly yeah 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 it's accessible by any anybody anywhere so you started with your letters and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and there's obviously the work that I think you're probably best known for now is portraiture work. It's portraiture with a, a mix of abstract, I would say. Uh, yeah, we're in your studio yeah. at the moment, and I'm looking at some giant, you know, lovely pieces. <laughs> so tell me about how that evolved and how it came to be that you're doing the style that you're doing now. So my, my style that that you see now took a lot of of work and evolution. So, and I'd probably say only came, only really happened maybe ten years ago now, and. Basically, you know, even back in the letter days, I was always trying to do something a little bit different, you know. So I was always trying to um, to be unique because it was it was it was one of the most important things in graffiti was was being original, not biting, which is copying. So I've always been always been trying to push the boundaries a bit, you know. I, I was doing a lot of the letters with a lot of symmetry and stuff back in the days, which you can that influenced this with the symmetry and stuff. You can still see now. You've got to remember, back in the days, there was only you could only do graffiti illegally. It wasn't an art form. The only place I could practice was the streets and the trains and stuff. So, after getting in trouble quite a lot, I had to give it up for a bit. But then I went to art college, and that's where I started messing around with different different art forms, printmaking, painting. And I started. I've always been a lover of abstract art. I started doing a lot of abstract paintings. Had a couple of couple of shows in London at quite a young age, which is purely abstract work. Not a lot of people know, but my roots are in, in abstract, you know, really. And that's that's my main kind of love, really, and probably something that I will go back to. But as I say, you've already identified, you can see that. People who know, they know, you can see it. And then obviously, and then I got back into doing letters again a little bit later after a bit of a break when I was just solely painting. So I've always been doing art, but I stopped doing graffiti probably about yeah about five or six years I was still using spray paint but I wasn't doing the lettering then I got back into doing the lettering and then I just started combining everything together everything I'd learned over the years all my experiences just started merging them all together and then you know I'd never really done portraits before but I've always fascinated by portraits so I started messing around with the portraits but with the kind of graffiti abstract backgrounds I remember when I did my first I was kind of brave enough to do it on hoardings in Shoreditch and I remember uh, there was another um, graffiti artist came up to me and he went wow that's I've never seen anything like that because you need to you know keep on doing when was what this? you're doing what sort of so this is probably about 10 years ago yeah yeah 
And then literally I just went crazy on the, and I was just painting on the streets in Shoreditch probably about twice a week, developing my style and, and, it, and it just happened from there. And how did you get and, the inspiration for the portraits? Who, who were you painting? Well, I always thought, because I'd seen a lot of people were doing the kind of stereotypical white French girls, you know, prints. So I thought, you know what, I, it, that was, didn't really resonate with me because I was kind of from hip hop, I was from South London. I was, I was used to seeing people of difference, you know, so I wanted, I wanted to represent mainly black women in, in, my, in my portraits. You know, I've listened to black music. I've got a mixed race family. I thought that, that's more important to me plus it was it was different and I, I like the features I like the strong features I find black women more beautiful so so that I started doing that and that again again made it more unique as well and then once you start looking at faces you become obsessed because you know you're looking at all the kind of shapes and that and the curves and stuff like that. And so you end up even talking to people, you end up just staring at them while you're analysing their faces. Because obviously what I do is I, I break down the face into, you know, kind of like into my own kind of shapes and, and uh, forms and stuff. I, I'm still fascinated by portraits, you know, so. So do you, still... have, do you ever meet anyone and think actually, you know, you'd be perfect for a portrait? I do, but, <laughs> and I have done a few photo shoots myself but I'm not a great photographer you know you can't you can't be good at everything most of the time I actually work with professional photographers for the image I like to work from really really high resolution images with really good lighting and stuff so you can get the 3d element so um, there's a there's a lot of guys I, I kind of you know hit them up on Instagram or whatever and then we just we just it's like collaborating and they're really happy they, they love it when I when I do an interpretation of their of their pictures obviously i tag them in we share it mutually and it's it's a cool thing i mean because that's the first the, the photograph is the first inspiration but do, for do you always really. choose do you always choose the model or would you or would you see something on like a photographer's feed and or you'd send a photographer to take a picture of a model how would that work i mean i look for a lot of stuff you know also i, I license a lot of images I, it's not based on the model it's just based on that picture an interesting angle none of them are kind of straight on they're kind of different kind of poses different angles i don't do, i'm not doing a conventional portrait so i'm looking for something that which which has a feeling and something which i know i can i can work with because obviously i don't i showed you the reference image and i find that they become completely different i'm not copying the photograph in any way it's just it's just an inspiration when i've got that image I, I then make it my own creation and also the model as well that they become their own being you know almost it takes a you know? different energy completely. yeah completely yeah 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 but it's just a starting point every artist has to have some sort of starting point and that's that's all i have is the photograph i don't plan out any of the colors any of the backgrounds or any of the extra bits any of the extra kind of energies and and, and and elements that I add in, it's all freestyle, it's all spontaneous, so, so, but I have to have something to start with, and then the rest of it is an adventure. And then it just emerges, then right? Then it just emerges, and it's an adventure, it's just like getting lost in the world, you're creating a world in your, in your head, and you're, that, that's what makes it fun, you know, I've never understood people who um, design everything to the, to the colour, and then just go to the wall and, and paint it, and that always just seemed like a, like a job to me, it seemed a bit boring. So how do you do that? You, you, you must you must get into like a flow then. So when you're actually creating the work, so I've got a couple of there's some a couple of amazing campuses around us at the moment, and you sort of you're in this sort of space. I mean, do you need a set environment to work in? Are you got music on? Are you just like in the zone? How does that work? 
well, yeah, obviously, so you've hit on, yeah, music is obviously very, very important. I can't paint without music. So when I'm in the studio, I've always got the music on, you know, and you just get you just get lost in it, you know. So when you're on the bigger walls, it's a, it's a bit more a bit more difficult to, to focus sometimes, especially if you're, you know, you're up, you know, and down you're up a hundred foot over a main road in central London or something like that. You know, there's a lot more things going on that you have to kind of, you know, be aware of. So there's a lot more distractions, but still you have to have that ability to to, to just get in, so into you your get head and get out. in the zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, with the bigger walls, it can be quite quite stressful, just uh, like even just getting to the wall, you know? So um, it can be really challenging to, to get that flow working, you know? Is it quite meditative? For me, yes, definitely. When, when you're in that zone, it's great. You get, you, you know, time just flies. Time, you don't even, not even aware of time, you know? You're, 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 in, that, you're in that moment, you know? You're, you're doing what you love. But obviously, the, the flip can be, it can, it can be very very stressful when you can't quite click things aren't quite working you know it can be quite exhausting yeah especially i suppose if you're on a wall and you're up against the time pressure yeah exactly exactly yeah which you are most of the time of course you mean you've only got a certain amount of time for the hire of a exactly scaffold exactly it's aware of that you know and then you're aware this if you're in this country you're aware of the weather and it can change at any point and all these kind of things which are there to test you so tell me about the um, you know the works themselves. You know, in terms of constructing, you told me that you know you you, you go into you've got the um, the base uh, image that you use as, as as a starting point, if you like, and then you you for freestyling. But what are you bringing into the fleet freestyle? I mean, are you bringing in graffiti influences to that freestyle, and how are you bringing the abstract? What are you doing with it? Obviously, that there's a very very strong graffiti influence in all of my work. You know, which. Um anyone who knows graffiti or, or, or who's a graffiti writer can see straight away with the use of the colors, you know, so I use a lot of contrasting colors, you know, which shouldn't normally kind of work well together. And that's because um, a, I, I like the challenge of making, you know, kind of pinks and, and like oranges, which just should not work together. I like the challenge of making them work. That's a skill in itself. Many people, if they've used those colours, it would look it'd look awful, you know, it'd look like sick. <laughs> but so that is a skill, again, something you learn over time is how to use colour. So, and also with, with back in the days, obviously we didn't have this amazing colour range that you have now of like 250 colours or whatever. But well, you had to find what you could so, get. Yeah, right? exactly. So we had to work with what we, what we got, you know, so you learn how to put those colour combinations together. So that's something I learned from graffiti and that's something I still like to do. There's lots of little effects. I do lots of shines and glows, which are kind of traditional graffiti effects, you know. So my work's got lots of these kind of glows and wispy kind of effects, you know, which again, I learned through painting in legal walls and, 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 and on the streets, you know, doing graffiti. And then obviously the abstractness is basically the composition. You know, learning how to, 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 to do quite a busy piece, but then still keeping that that balance with it all that's really tough as well and that's that's where your your kind of abstract kind of skills come in is getting the balance of the shapes and everything getting the composition working you know especially if it's a busy busy piece well there's so much in it isn't there i suppose that that in, in every piece there's a lot going on yeah and and to say that there's a lot of influences going into that 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 moment of creation but it is so immediate how do you know when it's done how, how do you? How does oh, that's 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 one of the toughest is it ever things. Done? Is it ever done? Yeah, it, it is. It is. But you know that uh, again, that's something which most artists have struggled with for years. 
it's knowing when to stop and the amount of pieces that I've ruined and, and you know, because you just didn't stop. I don't do it that much now because I've kind of learned to say, right, stop, that's it, enough. <laughs> but um, so again, it's just something you learn. You learn, it's an instinctive thing, which after maybe 20 years of painting, you just instinctively know when your piece is done. But it, but it's it's a struggle that you've got to go through. You know, there's no, there's no like, there's no app for that. <laughs> I suppose there is, yeah. It's com. you know, there's no, you just got to feel it, you just know. How do people, I mean, you've, you obviously they, they respond very well to your, to your work, but, but on the street when you've got the big, the big murals, how do you, how do people generally respond to them? A lot of the time people, what I love seeing, you know, that's what's great about being on the street is I love seeing people, you know, literally get stopped in their, in their tracks and kind of just get lost in looking at it and see them get taken away to another place, which is, that's why I paint, you know, I want, I want people to be kind of transported to this kind of futuristic world and just get lost in, in the artwork and, and the depth and the layers and, and to forget about all of the craziness of the world right now, you know, which is escapism, it's always been escapism art for me. I suppose and that's what I try and create with my work, you know. I suppose it is quite escape. You know, you can, you can see people escaping. Uh, you know, just looking at all the, the the flows and the shapes and the colours. But in, you use the word futuristic there, and I suppose now that I'm looking at it, and maybe I should have seen this before. I probably have seen it before. But there's a bit of a robotic element as well. Down oh yeah, state. of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that something you're thinking about this? Yeah, I mean, again, that goes. Yeah, of course. I, I, I'm almost creating this kind of future race. You know, where where it's not about you know. Um, skin color or about you know where you're from it's like this kind of ideal kind of you know race utopian kind of society and, and place that's what i'm kind of i'm kind of creating these kind of future worlds like that you know which is full of just joy and music and positivity you know that's i, I, I I'm, I'm trying to do that you know so um, is that an intentional thing then that you're yeah doing? yeah it definitely is it definitely is and that links again to how I feel when I'm listening to music, you know, that music takes me to that place. So I want my art to do that as well. So yeah, it's an intentional thing. And the futuristic thing links again back to the back to the graffiti because we're looking at a lot of futuristic comics and stuff back then, you know, and... Um, Is it 2000 AE? Yeah, sort of exactly. All of these, these kind of things. They're always about these future worlds. So there's always been a link to this kind of fantasy future with characters and with comic books and, and, and with hip hop as well. And I listen to a lot of electronic music, you know, which is quite futuristic as well. A lot of new electro and kind of a lot of kind of Detroit techno and stuff, which is futuristic also. So there's that link. Funny, now that you see it, you can't, <laughs> you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, and that's where the that's where the technology with the kind of AR and all the NFT kind of stuff. Of course, because you've done a, you've done quite a bit of the. the yeah. And that's where that kind of links really nicely with what I do. You know, and that's something which I'm going to be exploring and developing a lot more. When did you first exper start experimenting with the... Well, is, I, is it, is it alternate just, reality? Is, it, is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So, so, the, so the AR, yeah, and the augmented reality. Augmented yeah, reality. Augmented, augmented. Sorry, I always get that confused. Augmented reality. So I've got a, quite a few filters on my Instagram of prints that I've done, which are also in my book as well so naturally you know the images in my book there's a QR code and you can see they animate but I must say now 
I'm not very great with computers, so it's not actually me doing the animation. Just people think I'm an absolute genius or something. <laughs> it's not actually me doing it. But obviously the ideas are mine. But I'm I, I'm not I'm I'm old school. I, I don't didn't we didn't use computers much back in my day. So. Me neither. <laughs> so you know, it's uh, I'd love to be able to do it myself, but and I'd love to have the time to be able to do it myself, but I don't. But um, I've got a, a really great animator I work with. It's something that I'm going to be developing a lot more. I'm going to have a, a, my first NFT collection drop in this year, where you're going to see my pieces literally, you know, come to life, and you're going to be able to go into into them. Which is, you know, if you can, you looking at the layers now in person, you can imagine that, you can actually like, walk through know, the walk layers. Into, yeah, exactly. So there's so many possibilities with with my work. It, it's really exciting. And you mentioned the book earlier. Tell me about the book and how did that come about? Well, I mean, it's, again, it's been pretty of, stressful. If anyone's thinking about doing oh, the book, I can, I can <laughs> but I'm just thinking this eight-year-old kid that we were talking about right at the beginning, and, and now he's going. I mean, on. I've always thought oh, I'm not. I'm not ready to do a book. I'm not ready to do a book. And then last year, I just had it. Oh, why not? You know, I've literally been painting so hard for the last. Well, since mate, well, especially the last five years, but probably for my whole life, I've been working hard. But the last five years, I've been quite prolific. You know, so I thought. I, I was looking back at my the stuff I'd done, my portfolio. I was like, "Wow, there's so much work here." But why not? Why not document it? I kind of thought I'm at a stage where I think it's okay. There's nothing worse than an artist who's just started out and brings out a book. You know, it's like, come on, man, you've got to earn your stripes. You know, you've got to. Uh, that's what I think, anyway. I agree. You know, so I was kind of at the point where I could. It wasn't meant to be anything big, anyway. So it's, 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 a, it's a volume one, by the way. It's not like a. I'm not ready to do. It's not like a life, you know, retrospective, or whatever. It's just like a. It's just like the, the kind of selected works from the last five years. Yeah, and then I just started the project, and then it was like, oh my god, it was only meant to be my drawings, my black and white work, and then it was like, just turned into something much bigger. <laughs> And it's been quite a stressful journey. So it's literally, yeah, it's it's out now. There's there's a there's a few copies left because they're only a very limited edition book. It's not something you're going to be able to buy in Waterstones. Put it that way. I think there's only there's only a hundred copies. Oh right, so it's like a limited release, it's a very limited edition thing. And that, and that's how I want my work to be. You know, um, you know, it, it's you, you're not going. Not going to see my work in the high street, you know, unless someone's stolen an image. <laughs> you know, I prefer my work to be for collectors and a bit more exclusive. You know, that's the way I like it. Sounds exciting what you're doing. Yeah. Are you yeah. excited about, about where, where things are, are yeah. starting to go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. You have to keep. You know, as I say, you kind of. It's it's tough now because you have to be like a you know, as an artist, you've got to be a businessman and an artist. You've got to have so many different hats. Now, you know, you've got to be a content creator, social media expert. You know, it's really, it's tough. <laughs> so you've got to be excited. You've got to do, try and do, do cool things. But at the same time, it, it's, it's easy to be, to get despondent with it. And it's easy to be, to build yourself up too much and get disappointed. You know, it's, it's a, t it's very, very, very tough emotional journey being an artist you know so it's you that know. balance you were talking about being balanced not only in terms of the works that you're doing but balance in terms of how you live your life and how you mix the art with yeah real life and... yeah exactly there's there's so many things you know and I look back at when I first started out and I you know I really really struggled you know I, I remember when I was talking you know earlier about when I was doing my abstract stuff I remember I had a show where I was kind of doing stuff which is very it was 
kind of very forward thinking. You know, it was almost too forward thinking. It was kind of, I was doing kind of stencil-based stuff mixed with abstract stuff. So I was kind of already fusing styles together. And this was like early 2000s. I did an exhibition in Shoreditch well before this whole street art kind of boom thing and didn't sell one piece, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's lovely, but we can't work out, you know, what it, What are you, you know, what are you, a graffiti artist, an illustrator? And I was like, oh, well, I'm neither, I'm both. Then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward five years, it's trendy to be both. So I was always a bit ahead of the pack and that's, and that really, having an exhibition experience like that, we don't sell a thing, that can really affect you. And after that, I was like, oh, I'm not going to do another show for like 10 years, you know, and so it can really knock your confidence. Mm. So I've been on quite a journey. Well, what a route you've been on. I mean, I suppose you look back now and you can see all those staging points in your life. Yeah, that's yeah, led yeah, to yeah. where you are now, though, I suppose. And you think, oh, gosh, if that hadn't happened, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But it's, you know, it's quite a, quite an emotional journey, for sure. You know, but, uh, but you still have to keep working, obviously. You know, that's but you've got to keep going, haven't you? I think yeah, that's yeah, the thing. That's the thing. You know, you've got, got to, keep... to keep going. got to keep yeah. creating. You've got to keep trying to... I mean, even what you're saying about... Uh, augmented reality and things like you got to keep tr on NFTs, keep trying different things, going yeah. into different audiences as well. Perhaps. Exactly, exactly. You've always got to keep moving, keep developing. You can't just get your style and then that's it. You've always got to keep challenging yourself, and that that can be that can be just as tricky, you know. Working up to the point where you're established, but then you've got to keep on. People want to see developments. They still want to see you moving and changing, and and um, that that's that's the ne the next challenge. That's that's where I, that's the stage I'm at now. So you know, there's certain things I've achieved. Now I'm trying to step it up again. So we'll see, we'll see. Especially when you get older as well, you know. Especially when you talk about the big mules, it's very, very physical. Physical hard work, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's graft. You People know, don't realize it's, it. exactly. How is your back and your arms? Like well, exactly. They're all starting to go a bit. <laughs> so you know, you've got to start to look after yourself a bit better and. So that that's there's always a challenge. It's never comfortable, and if it is comfortable, then I think if you feel that contentment in everything you do, then I think if you're kind of done, really, mm. you know. I think if that's you're not kind feeling the, the spark, that, like, hang up your boots. Kind of the end of the road. You've always have got to have that drive. Once you lose that drive and think, oh, I've done everything, I'm just gonna sell a few prints of old works, and you know that's just you know, yeah. Maybe when you're eighty, and not. <laughs> But not now, not now. <laughs> not now, not now. No, definitely not. We'll leave it there, Mr. Sens. Thank you very much for speaking to Art Related Noise. Yeah, that's no, been good. Yeah, nice to see you again. If you enjoyed this episode of Art Related Noise, be sure to check out our other podcasts featuring artists from the Enter Gallery in Brighton.